Hello and welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. My name is Chris Pierno, and I'm joined by Father Frank Donio and Kate Fowler. We'll be discussing the Feasts of Advent on this episode of On Mission. Welcome, everyone, uh, to this episode. Uh, we've talked a lot about Advent here at the Catholic Apostolate Center. Uh, we have had previous... Our most, our most popular... That is our one of our most popular pages as... Oh, uh, yes, yes. yes. Yes, our, our every, colleague John uh, Sitko is very proud of those of that. Every year uh, around Advent, we are very excited to see folks, uh, you know, running to the website to, you know, to get information about Advent wreaths and the history of Advent and what is a Jesse tree. And, you know, uh, we're, we're always very excited to welcome everyone back, much like the church. Welcome everyone back happy, for the Happy New Year. <laughs> Yeah, happy new liturgical year. Birthday of the church. Um, No, that's Pentecost. Come on. Okay, yeah, wait. Oh, no, not happy birthday. Happy New Year. Delete. No, no, you don't have to delete that. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Sorry. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Liturgical New Year. That's really exciting. Yes. Yes. Happy, uh, happy, happy new year indeed. So it's just such so, a rich, it's just such a rich season. There's people are excited. There's, there are candles. So candles. Maybe that's why I was confused. Candles. It, Lots yeah, of candles. Time of preparation, but it's just sprinkled in with a lot of festivities, a lot of cultural traditions um, and the church doesn't stop celebrating. That's the beauty of the Catholic Church. There are feast days every month of the year. Um, and just because it's a time of preparation for Christmas doesn't mean that we stop all festivities um, during that time. So, yeah, there are a lot of feast days. We've got um, St. Nicholas is December 6th. Our Lady of Guadalupe, I believe, is the 12th. Um, St. Lucy comes after that. Immaculate Conception, a missed Immaculate Conception. I mean, there, yeah, there are just a lot of, a lot of feast days in, in there. St. Andrew on, on November 30th um, as well. And this year, this, I think, dating, we're somewhat, somewhat dating this podcast. Um, Advent begins in November. Because uh, Advent begins on the 28th of November uh, to get those Sundays in before Christmas. So um, interesting. Usually it's, where, it's usually when I think of Advent, I think of December. But here we are right after Thanksgiving. We're rolling into Advent. Right, right in, right into Advent. And, you know, and, and it, it is usually around for, see, for us in the United States, you know, there's that the significance of, of it being around always around Thanksgiving somewhere around there. Uh, and of course it, that, that reference point doesn't work for the rest of the world, but uh, it, it really is a, this, this time of, of waiting, but it, as I've, I've called it on a few occasions, active waiting, this is, this is not just kind of what well, we're hanging out here and, but, but these are really, major feasts in in different ways particularly immaculate conception and our lady of guadalupe but but when you look at the not only the marian feasts but but feasts that that connect with 
the the season, especially St. Nicholas and St. Lucy, um, and then the great apostle Andrew, and uh, you know who who says to Peter, you know, look, <laughs> I found here. You come and see who I found here. This is really quite a quite something uh, in terms of the 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 major uh, major feast days that that are there. Even though Saint Nicholas is not really like a major major feast day or or Saint Lucy, but it's they certainly are of that of the season in a very significant way. Did either of you grow up, or do you currently celebrate any of these feast days in a special way? I did not. We'll move on to the next caller. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a, like an ongoing theme. No, no Santa Lucia feast at the parish or that kind of thing. Uh, no, 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 it's I. I didn't. You know, I. I know that now. Um, some of my friends and I think Kate, you as well, as we have younger kids, we're kind of bringing this whole Saint Nicholas thing back into play. That was it. Was not necessary. Uh, not something that I remembered participating in as a kid but um it is interesting of course we kind of associate nicholas and saint nick and and he very much in the season and then we have these other as you mentioned kind of these really two big marian feasts um and then as you know you mentioned these, these other guys so you know yeah i i um certainly have always well, the Immaculate Conception, going to Catholic school is always the the uh, the day off. It's punched in there, you know, right right before Christmas. Um, but you know, I I assume Father, you must have maybe have had some associations with these. Yes and yes and no. In my in my upbringing, uh, well, Immaculate Conception was was something that was important in the uh, in the parish, and of course, a Holy Day of Obligation, and and so you know, going to Mass that was part. With Saint Nicholas, we 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 didn't have the custom in in our family. It's a more of a a, a custom in the uh, in the, the lands that are associated with Germany and Switzerland and so forth, um, and in, in into Northern Europe. But uh, over the years, my mother collects nativity scenes and uh, has this large, large collection of nativity scenes. And many years ago, uh, she she started to give give me um, either some image of St. Nicholas or something, you know, that's associated with, uh, with Santa Claus, you know, of course, who, that's the, the, this connection because of, of gifts and children and so forth. It's of course, St. Nicholas is much more, uh, a much more rich tradition, but there is a, this website, which I, I've used because I used to, we used to do displays of these at, when I was at St. Jude Shrine and uh, in Baltimore. And uh, and I, I reference this uh, this Saint Nicholas Center, which uh, which actually is is from out of the the Anglican tradition, and but they they talk a great deal about really the the, the real Saint Nicholas. And, you know, we kind of have this image that you know kind of morphs into into Santa Claus type of thing, and and instead is a much more complex figure uh, who. Is you know is certainly about the, the 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 divinity of Christ and who you know who Christ truly is, uh, you know, a true God and true man, and and so this is this is part of it as well as the care for the poor, 
and 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 with a special focus on on children. So I think when we when we look at the the life of Saint Nicholas, you know, over time, this developed into the, this this gift giving. You know, put out the shoes and put the you know that the, the, these candies and things would be left for Saint Nicholas by Saint Nicholas, and then that eventually that grows into the uh, into the tradition that you know that's that is more less less a religious tradition more of a secular tradition um in terms of the certain aspects of gift giving yeah we just started doing the tradition of putting the shoes out and waking up in the morning with the kids and they're finding an orange and some gold coins in the shoes um and so we're considering as a family a lot more intentionally throughout the liturgical year, how can we incorporate um, appropriate celebrations? How are there any certain foods or any um, just activities or prayers that we can do any crafts? So we're thinking a lot about that, as you said, Chris, you know, now that we're having kids that are growing up and just being interested in learning more about these seasons. Um, I grew up in a Hispanic community. And so the the tradition surrounding the feast of our lady of guadalupe were always huge and that's a of just a big big celebration in the hispanic community um i mentioned in another podcast episode on marian apparitions that you know i probably have an our lady of guadalupe statue or painting or something in almost every room of my house because we were just gifted so many and we have a, a lovely devotion to her so for us, Advent is is very jam-packed, too. Um, my husband and I got married on the 19th. We did a consecration to Our Lady ending on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So lots of for me, too, to celebrate um, just as a family. And growing up, that also continued in the nine days leading up to Christmas with what are called posadas. Um, my mom is from Mexico, and that's another... Uh, very beautiful tradition within the Hispanic community. And basically a posada is just the the remembering of Mary and Joseph, the Holy Family, going from place to place looking for a place to, to stay, finding no room at the inn, finding no room in Bethlehem. And so the community reenacts that journey. And, and it's beautiful. You go from house to house and you're turned away until finally at the end, uh, you're welcomed in and there's a, just a ton of food, a ton of celebration. Um, and so I, I remember growing up doing that and there are certain songs that you sing and carols and it's just a, a very beautiful way to reenact what's going on and what we are preparing for during the Advent season. So I know each culture different countries have just beautiful ways of celebrating this time that's so special and and I think magical and exciting for a lot of people um but yeah that's just those are some ways that we we celebrated growing up so are there any anything any lessons that we can kind of partake from these you know father you meant you know saint andrew the you know the the greatest one of the greatest apostles and 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 saint lucy um, is there anything that we can kind of gather from these these particular feasts that would partic- that we could kind of help us during this season of preparation? 
I think in the case of St. Andrew and St. Lucy, both were martyrs. Of course, Andrew was an apostle, and uh, and is very important to the the church in the East. That's the the where his missionary journey was, and the the patriarchate of Constantinople, or or the ecumenical patriarch. This is a direct connection with St. Andrew. In fact, on the feast of St. Andrew, he goes um, patriarch Bartholomew of the Orthodox Church will go to Rome, and uh, and there'll be a a, a prayer uh, in uh, St. Peter's Basilica, and in, in which the ecumenical patriarch uh, Bartholomew is usually present uh, with the last uh, last couple of popes, with Pope Benedict, and now with Pope Francis. Then, of course, St. Lucy, who, you know, a young girl who's, who's denounced as a, as a Christian, uh, by the the guy who was supposed to marry her, and he she rejected him, and <clears throat> and then she, you know, part of the torture that had happened to her before she died was her eyes were taken out. And you sometimes see her with this this kind of odd plate with eyes and whatever. But she's the patron patroness of 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 eye disorders and and eye illnesses and so forth. And I, I remember. Uh, family members. There was a statue of St. Lucy in my home parish and, and people who would be lighting candles when they had eye eye issues. But here again, somebody, you know, uh, somebody who dies a martyr and as, as, a, as a young person. And I think in the Immaculate Conception, you know, the Blessed Mother is prepared from the time of her conception to say the yes that she did so that she would be preserved of original from original sin by a by a special act of God's grace and this uh, this understanding uh, and this doctrine uh, this dogma of the church uh, that was declared infallibly and by uh, blessed pope pius the 9th in 1854 and here she is she's the patroness of the united states and we have this massive basilica, but so many places named for the Immaculate Conception. The bishops of the United States decided this, interestingly enough, in 1846, prior to the definition. And then 1848, the, uh, to, the Blessed Mother appears at Lourdes to St. Bernadette. And, and when, when St. Bernadette finally asks, well, who are you? She says, I am the Immaculate Conception four wow. years after the definition. So, so there's this, this uh, understanding of, uh, of here she's prepared. Now she could have said no, mm-hmm. but she's, she's fully prepared uh, and, and God has prepared her, but she still had the freedom to say no. Mm-hmm. And yet she said yes. And, and this gives us what true, truly living as a disciple is about mm-hmm. that, that this that that we trust that this this young woman was willing to trust mm-hmm. yes i think we can really look to our blessed mother during the season of advent when we're thinking about how do we celebrate it co- correctly or how do we celebrate it with intention you know she asked she listened she reflected and then she said yes to the to the invitation of and prompting of the Holy Spirit. So Mary really is the perfect model of being a contemplative in action. She holds things in her heart. 
and reflects on them. And yet she's also the one that goes immediately when she finds out the good news of, you know, her carrying the savior, she goes immediately out to her cousin Elizabeth and serves. And so I think, you know, we're talking about all of these feast days and the joy and the preparation um, during the Advent season, but it's also a time of, of kind of quiet contemplation because we're about to be celebrating one of the most important mysteries in our faith, the incarnation. And I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of times we can get sort of swept away by, by the popular culture. And so I think that in the sort of secularism or the gifts or the parties or the cookies, all of which are good and beautiful. But I think, you know, as a church, when we celebrate these feast days it's not that we're celebrating just for the sake of a celebration, but that they all point us towards Christ, towards the true reason of the celebration. And all of these saints were, were witnesses to a life, you know, lived in service to this beautiful truth of, of our Savior. And so, yeah, I think I think it's not just celebration for celebration's sake, but celebration leading us towards him and they occur before there's a turn in advent and so as we know you know in november and then at the toward the end of the liturgical year and then when you get into the beginning portion of advent we're talking about jesus we're focused more on on christ coming at the end of time and these witnesses give us example of how to live in, in preparation for that on this side of life. These were faithful examples of different ages and backgrounds and moments in time, including his mother. And then we get into this deeper portion of Advent from the 17th on, period with the O antiphons. We have a whole section of our uh, on our resources, our Advent resources about the O antiphons. And there's even a podcast, if I remember correctly, the non-mission podcast related to that when we're talking about Advent. But this is that that's the deeper turn in Advent. So all these feasts have have happened from just about the beginning of Advent with St. Andrew and then taking us right to St. Lucy before that turn occurs. And I think it's just a tremendous example. There are other feast days in there. They're called, then they call commemorations. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, there were a couple of other ones in there. Um, St. Juan Diego is in there. Um, and St. Ambrose, St. John of the Cross. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. those are the other couple ones that are in there. So. That are in there before the 17th as, yeah, as actual yeah. feast days. Yes. And they are. And, and these are, you know, again, these are tremendous witnesses, you know, um, St. Saint, Saint Ambrose, who, uh, who, who taught St. Augustine uh, and the, bishop, the great Bishop of Milan, or uh, St. John of the Cross, who together with St. Teresa of Avila, uh, St. Teresa of Jesus, they reform the Carmelites. You have the Discalced Carmelites, St. Juan Diego, of course, who received the vision of Our Lady of Guadalupe. These are so again, these are it's very different people 
as saints always are, and that, that's what they're put forward as examples to us. But you have this this period of a couple of weeks that just gives very uh, different examples that then prepare also help to prepare us as we head into the that deeper portion of Advent, so that we're we're preparing for Christ who in the incarnation and and this this celebration of the incarnation the word who became flesh the the child Jesus and all the stories associated with that that we think of in this time uh, in the in that period in December one question i have that i think is helpful for our listeners too is just on what are the differences between the season of Advent and the season of Lent, because we go to church and we see the purple and the liturgical vestments and the same colors. And we think, okay, this is the time of, you know, before the big celebration, either whether that be Christmas or Easter. So what are some maybe similarities, but mainly what, what's the difference between Advent and Lent? Well, first, if I may, for our liturgists who might be uh, who might be uh, listening, there are there are technically two different purples. Um, right, Advent is a, 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 and I believe I even recalling a podcast we did about liturgical vestments and colors. Oh yes, so, that was a good. Um, one. You know, Advent is a, a deeper purple. Yes, uh, uh, or violet, I should say, and and while Lent is kind of like a lighter, uh, a lighter. It's- Lighter and has has more red. We're we're entering more into the, the deeper time of, of of penance, and uh, and so there there is a penitential a certain penitential aspect to Advent, as w- in terms of waiting, and patiently waiting and entering into the 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 season. There are ways in which we can we can enter into, but it's not the heavy. A heavy penitential season in the same way that you would be living Lent, uh, and so it's it's important to to note the the difference between the two because it's and as you know as Chris mentioned, there is liturgists tend to to try and even make some distinction in terms of the color of violet that's used in uh in the mass and but i i would say that it, it, it if you look at the many parishes for example will have advent penance services in which they'll have individual confessors that they'll bring in and and but but have a communal opportunity for penance and reconciliation, and so that the two major times where that's done in the year often are Advent and Lent, mm-hmm. and it's to prepare because how are we at, how are we com- prepared for the great feast of the solemnity of Christmas, mm-hmm. and 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 so are, we need a spiritual preparation and and in order and and, and a removal of the things that hold us back from truly embracing the, the, the Christ child as, as, you know, as, as his followers, worshiping him as fully as we can, because when we, when we sin, when we're not reconciled, we've held back, we're holding back something saying, no, no, I'm going to hang on to this. Mm-hmm. But instead we're, we're called to, to a deeper 
deeper entry into this into life in Christ. So as we mentioned, uh, the Catholic Apostolate Center does have a fairly robust uh, Advent resources page. We uh, would definitely encourage you, uh, our listeners, uh, to to visit the page, share it with uh, your friends and family, uh, share it with your, your parish. Uh, we know that there are uh, a good number of uh, friends of the center out there, our parishes that uh, actively link uh, to our our Advent resources page. We, we thank you for that, for sure. Uh, but on the page, we've got uh, a multitude of things. We have multiple podcasts that we uh, have done uh, here uh, from On Mission. Uh, we've got a couple of webinars that we have produced uh, with some of our friends over the years. Uh, we have uh, 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 some, some uh, snippets from uh, Father's uh, Time on the Sunrise Morning Show uh, talking about Advent and the antiphons and um, some of the other topics that we we kind of touched on in this podcast. Uh, we've also got our, our Advent reflection guides from uh, our, was a partnership between us and the Catholic Volunteer Network uh, that kind of takes us through Advent. Uh, and the, the, the new version of that is up on our resource page uh, right now. We've also even got a ebook uh, featuring reflections from some of our bloggers uh, that have posted, uh, we've posted up on the Ad Infinitum blog on the center's website, the lovely collection uh, of, of topical posts from that, you know, talk about the Advent and Christmas seasons. Uh, definitely would encourage you to, to check that out. And then, of course, our two very popular resources on the history of Advent, talking a little bit about um, kind of diving more into some of the things that we talked about on this podcast, the meaning of the season, the hope being a predominant theme of Advent, uh, the two parts of Advent. And then we've got our symbols and customs of Advent resource. Uh, this is something that I'm sure many people have probably even uh, printed out and passed around in their classrooms. Uh, talking about the Advent wreath, the candles, the Jesse tree, Advent calendars, uh, giving trees, and of course, you know, very much akin to what Father was mentioning earlier, the nativity scene, the creche, and you know, why? What does it commemorate? What is it? Uh, why has it become such a tradition to have this? Um, so please, you know, check out uh, the resource page. We put all this together uh, for you. Uh, so that you can better prepare yourselves uh, for Advent and for Christmas. Um, so please do uh, check us out there. And also would like to encourage you, uh, we talked mentioned a couple of different saints this evening. We have a very special uh, feast day website. If you go to uh, our main page at catholicapostolatecenter.org, you can get to it there. You can go directly to catholicfeastdays.org. Um, to, to visit this website, we've got a calendar there where you can click on the images, find out more about these saints, uh, listen to podcasts that may be associated with them, or read blog posts that may be associated with them. So uh, please be sure to, to check out that page as well. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for being with us tonight. 
Um, you can obviously, as I've said numerous times, find out more about Advent, all these things on our website at catholicapostolatecenter.org. This wraps up uh, another episode of On Mission from the Catholic Apostolate Center. And please be sure to like, review, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. You can find this and other Center podcasts uh, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts.